0: As we've been uh, worshiping and talking about worship the last last week, how many of you had a chance to really worship this this past week? I mean, go in go in on your own and really have a chance to really worship God by yourself, by yourself. And you were kind of going in and say, "Lord, I, I, I want to do this a little bit more. I want to go a little bit harder." Well, ha- did you have any? <laughs> no, you, don't have, you don't have to answer this question out loud. But while you were going in, had you had, did you did you discover that you you had a little bit of warfare getting there? Did you discover you had some warfare? You had a, a little bit of a fight getting there. You had a fight trying to get there. Um, you see, when we make a decision to really go after God, the enemy is not pleased with that. When we make individual decisions to go after God, he's not pleased. But when we make a corporate decision to do that, it's a whole nother level of satanic stoppage. He tries to stop things. See, Satan is not, hear this. He is on his job 24-7. What what makes us think we we ought not be on our job 24-7? That's why we have intercessors. That's why people are praying in the middle of the night. That's why folks are praying and praying for you and believing God for you because they know, intercessors know, that Satan is on his job 24-7. If I were to let up or you were to let up, listen, if you were to let up on some of the things you've been praying for, you, you as intercessors, you were, see, I believe every parent ought to be an intercessor. Because yeah. yeah. you, if you, if every parent ought to be an intercessor because you've got kids that are going to get in trouble. Right. Oh, that's not a negative confession. That's just true. Yeah. That's just happening. Right. Things happen in their lives. Mm-hmm. See, and if, if, the, if the parents are not interceding, you know what? We leave our, our kids uncovered. And leaving them uncovered does nothing for us really at all. So, so going into worship, we back to worship, not, I haven't lost, left the worship thing. But getting back into the area of worship again is, is how we prepare ourselves to deal with this life. See, this life is much more complicated when we've not spent time in the presence of God. But when we spend time in the presence of God, listen, people walk around trying to figure out what in the world is on you. What, what is that draping all over you? What is that light that seems to be coming out of you? What is that going on? What is that? That's the power of God. That's the presence of God. They sense about your life. That's the presence of God. They sense about who you are in Christ. So as you would worship God in spirit and in truth, he said he's seeking such to worship, worshiping. That's what we talked about that last week. We're not going to be there this week, but I just want to review a little bit. Uh, we have uh, in our bulletins, I give you the previous week's uh, message, so you have a chance to review that again for yourself. It's just my notes, my personal notes. I'm not trying to make notes for you necessarily, but these are my personal notes that I, that I, that I key off of as I'm preaching the Word of God and giving, to, giving the Word of God out to you. We talked about our vision. You see what it is changing our city for Jesus and our mission. Uh, we got into the area of uh, worship as one of our values of our, of our church, pur- purposeful worship. Uh, we gave you some definitions as well as Hebrew and, uh, and Greek. Uh, But purposeful worship is one of the areas that we we went into because it's not just a a worship experience, but it's a purposeful worship experience. We want to we want to understand that it's important for us to be worshipers. It's important for us not just to be church singers and church congregation that sings like a choir because that's a cute thing to do. That's not why we worship. God is seeking for such to worship him because, see, true worshipers uh, get a hold of God's plan, purpose, and will for, it, for their lives and really begin to do the will of God here in the earth. But those that are just pretenders, those that really uh, only worship when they feel like, you know, hear this part, hear this part, please. Because if, if, if ever I worship like I feel like how I feel, I would probably never worship. Come sure. come on, come on, Because sometimes I don't feel like it. I'm just talking about me. I'm just, I'm just talking about me. I'm talking about me. You see, sometimes I don't feel like praising God when I have so much to praise him for. Sometimes I don't feel like just crying before the Lord because things are not going so well in my life that I want to cry about my own stuff. I don't want to cry in his presence because I love him so much. I want to cry in my presence because I'm so concerned about my stuff so much. I ain't started yet. I haven't started yet. We haven't even started yet. We... We're going to get there, we're going to get there. But, but here, and, and so, so we're, now we're dovetailing into this next portion of our values, which happens to be unbridled excellence. You see that in your, in your notes from last week, but unbridled excellence. we be talking about the pursuit of unbridled excellence today. And when we talk about excellence, we're not talking about perfection. We're not talking about us being perfect so you can judge me, or you being perfect so I can judge you. You saying that you're going to do something specifically, and then you don't do it, then I get mad at you because you didn't do it perfectly. You see, we want to think that uh, excellence and perfection are the same. They're not. I give forth an effort to get the job done effectively, and if I'm really skilled at what I do, and I don't give you my best, you'll know it. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? You see, when I when you know that I'm skilled enough to give to do the best to do to do a good job, a great job, and you get shoddy work from me that means I've not given you my best I've not given you excellence and it may not be perfect you hear that so those of us that think that we can give put forth a perfect effort every time eventually we come to a place where we can't do it you ever set yourself up to fail (laughs) but no okay let let me tell you what you did you didn't know it but you set yourself up to fail. Every time we set a goal that, we, that God's not involved in, we set ourselves up to fail. Every time. guarantee, guarantee, We set ourselves up to fail when we set a goal that God's not involved in. But, but his desire for us is to be, to be excellent in the way we approach life. So we're going to talk about excellence today. And I want to kind of give that to you a little bit. Um, it's a tie-in. It's a, the Bible talks about a three-fold cord not being quickly broken or easily broken. The tie-in with Excellence in our natural lives ties right into the area of worship. I talked about worship the first time, the first part of our value, because that has so much to do with the presence of God and just being out of this world so much. But here, but being in the presence of God. But we have to live here. We got to deal with living here, right? So, so we, we can't pretend that we don't live here. We can't pretend that we don't have challenges that come up. We can't pretend that life doesn't go on around us and things are not going on that cause us, cause us to get a little bit irritated on occasion. There's a few people. That, there's a few. Only a few people in here today that even get irritated. A few people only get irritated. But um, <laughs> you laugh too loud. You laugh too loud. Okay, you laugh. Too loud. <laughs> Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, verse number two. Romans chapter 12, verse number two. We're going to start there. It'll be our keynote scripture for the day, and we're going to get into this this morning. Father, we ask your blessing upon our time together today as we hear the word of God. Let it just uh, saturate our souls. Let it just help us to understand what your desires are for us, that we'll move mightily in you and not in ourselves, but we'll trust to you that you have a life that's established for us, that we'll live in excellence and have a desire to go after in a major way. So we're not looking just to be uh, perfect people. We're looking to be excellent in our spirit, ones that have a desire to please you in everything that we do and say in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verse number 2 says, And be not conformed to this world. That's enough right there, right? But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, as we look at this particular passage, I'm going to kind of just dive into the passage, and we're going to look at some words here that are really, really kind of cool, because to not be conformed, to be One that does like everybody else does. And then he said conform to where? The world. You see, the world is not a place where you learn excellence. The world mimics excellence that they've seen people that are excellent in spirit do. But a parrot can say what you say but not mean what you mean. A parrot can mimic your words but cannot have the passion or compassion that you have with the words that they say. They're just mimicking what you say. Do not be conformed to this world because you become a parrot of this world. As we become ones that are conformed to the image of God, that's a good place to be. But do not be conformed to this world because the world has nothing really good to offer us. Now, if we can get this part about living our lives for Jesus and living our lives uh, for the kingdom, we will really come to a place where we say, you know what? I understand what he means to to not be conformed to this world. And it's unfortunate that our church sometimes is being conformed to the world. The church adopts the things that the world does. The church adopts, I mean, you know, we talked about this last week, we talked about this before, but we, we have a tendency to adopt things because we, we don't know what the world system really is all about. The world system is, <laughs> listen, the cosmos, the world system, has nothing good to offer to us. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, but hear this, we're in it. Wow. So we're in it. Why are we here in it? Why was Jesus here in the earth? He left all of heaven's glory everything that was perfect for him, yeah, yeah. and came to a world that was full of sin, and lived among all his people, and never conformed to the world. Wow, right. Never conformed to the world. So he came to do what? He came to transform yeah, yeah. the people of this world to be like the place, listen, to be like the, to be like the citizens of the place he came from called heaven. Yeah. And so as we're being transformed to be... <laughs> To change while you're moving. You're moving in the things of God, and he's changing you from faith to faith and glory to glory. As we walk by faith and not by sight, God is changing us from faith to faith and glory to glory. He's changing us, transforming us. So as you're moving in your Christian walk, as we're moving in our Christian walk, we're being changed every day. Now, we can accept those changes or conform to the world. We've got a choice. He says, don't be conformed to the world, but we often do things that we're not supposed to do. And that conforms us, puts us back in the conformity mode again. So we conform to the world that way. But he said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I think about renewing, that means that I had something at one time that was new. And I had to get it again to renew it. You get your license and, and you and you get your license at 16 years old and, and you're excited about it and, and come 20 years old, you gotta renew your license. Yeah. You have to renew it because you have to get it you have to get it what again so that it's usable uh, according to the technology, according to the changes that have happened, because when we renew things, there's something new that's happened also. Oh, come on, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> when we renew things, there's something good. Keep on living. Keep on living, keep on living, and you'll discover that some of the things you've learned while you've been living have been good, but some of the things you discover while you get older are even better because you've now got wisdom with them. You see, the wisdom that comes along with renewal, the wisdom that comes along with renewing our mind is so much more powerful than even when we first started out. See, we all start out in a place called the newness of life. Like babes were in milk, milk from, a, from a mom. But some, at some point, you've got to get off the milk and get onto the meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hear this. Some will still drink and eat. Mm-hmm. It's not just drinking alone. So we're renewing ourselves. We're renewing on a daily basis. We're getting ourselves to a place where we're getting renewed in our mind. That we may prove. Now, this is where I ran into a little bit of a problem. Because to prove what is that good an acceptable and perfect will of God. I ran into a little bit of a problem there because there's several schools of thought on this passage of Scripture right here. Some say that God's will is good, acceptable, and it's perfect. It's acceptable, it's good, acceptable, and perfect will. God's will is good, isn't it? It's acceptable, it's perfect. But then we got this other school of thought that says there's degrees of God's will. Degrees of God's will where we, this is okay, this is acceptable, this is good, but this is his perfect will. So I got a little quandary here, right? I got a little quandary here, but, but the Lord showed me something in the scripture that's going to help us all. Because we're going to get to a place where I understand that it's not God that's confused about his will. It's not God who's confused about his will. Sometimes we get a little bit confused about his will. So when we don't do something, watch this. I wasn't the first choice for pastor of this church. I wasn't the first choice. I might have been the 10th choice. I don't know what choice I was, but I wasn't the first choice for the church, right? So was that God's good will, his acceptable will, or his perfect will? Well, for me, it was his perfect will. But for the guy that turned it down, that was his perfect will that he decided to turn down. And it became something that would have been his acceptable will if he came back later. You see, here's what's going on. When God desires to do something with us, we determine, we prove what is his perfect will for us by what we do with it. Okay. Situations of our life. We've turned some things down, and then we've turned down opportunity. We've turned down opportunity, and then we find out that the opportunity was something we should have done. That's probably happened to one or two people here. Okay. So the opportunity comes. We say no to the opportunity, and we find out that the opportunity was so great, I mean, so marvelous, so magnificent. People took that opportunity, and they are now whatever. Whatever multi-millionaires, healthy as I don't know what, they're just in another place that you could have been. That would have been your perfect will, the perfect will of God. But you decided to say, well, I'll go ahead and do this instead. You did something else instead. And that the instead thing, do you know that God was in the midst of that as well? God's in the midst of the st- Look, watch this. Works all things together for good for those who are called according to his His purpose. So if we don't get, this is good. If we don't get the first time the opportunity, don't get mad. Trust that God's will will be done. He'll still make it work out because he he works all, all things, not some things, all all things together for good for those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. So when we miss a big opportunity don't say, oh, man, listen, this is what the devil wants you to do, to be conformed to the world and chase the opportunity now. Watch this. We're not chasing after God anymore. We're chasing opportunity. Right, 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 right. We miss out on getting what God's will has desire for our life, because we, first of all, we made a choice at this point over here not to do something. And then we made a decision to do something totally different. And then we get disgusted with the decision we make because we still see that good thing over there. But when you know in your heart, watch this, when you know in your heart, hear this, after, you, after you've missed it a few times, you learn not to miss it. <laughs> and then after you miss it a few times, I, and I hate, to hate I keep t- picking on Ron, I pick on Ron all the time, and you're just my favorite person to pick on. Ron married way up in life. You know, way, way up in life. You, you did, you, you married up in life. You know, you, you know what happened. But I, I pick on him because you see, he could have chosen somebody else, had a chance, chose the wife he chose. Now, did he make a mistake by not choosing the other one? Don't say yes, don't say yes, don't say yes. <laughs> don't say yes, just please, please just, just, just say, this is a work alone thing here, okay, I'm just kind of using it, but here's the deal, but because he chose who he chose to work, to, to marry, do you know that God is in the midst of that as well? Right in the midst of all that? He's right in the midst of that. So, we prove God's will, good, acceptable, perfect, no matter what it happens to be, but I'll, this is what I really know, is that because he's with us no matter what we choose. That's the good part. He's with us no matter what we choose. It's going to work out no matter what, which way we decide to go in the matter, it, 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 Unless we decide to continue to go backwards instead of forwards. He wants us to go with Him all the way. So, so let's not get so wrapped up in thinking about His good, acceptable, and perfect will. Oh, well, you can get there if you want to, but hear this. We're going to make decisions in our life on a continual basis, and they all won't be right. Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, know the Word inside and out, and still make mistakes. But, Pastor, you're speaking negatively about the things of God. Now I'm telling you the truth. On, <laughs> you're gonna mess up. I'm gonna mess up. Yeah. I don't want to mess up, don't desire to mess up, have been created to mess up. Did you hear me? <laughs> have been created to mess up. But because I still have this flesh on me. This mind that is not completely renewed, completely renewed, therefore there'd be no reason to renew the mind on a consistent basis if this mind wasn't getting frazzled on occasion. Right, right, right. It's important that we renew, renew our mind consistently. So here we are, we are renewing our mind, renew, renewing our mind that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'm going to give you four major points here. I'm going to move out here real quickly here because it's time to get out of here. Almost. Conformity to the world leads to destruction. Go to Philippians chapter 3, verse number 12. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 12. Conformity to the world, I had to put that part in there, to the world leads to destruction. Conformity to the world leads to destruction. Philippians 3, 12. It says, it's not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold on that, on that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold, laid hold on me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing, I do, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let as many, uh, many as, as are mature have this mind, if any, anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the, to the degree that we have already attained, let us, let us uh, walk uh, by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Brethren, join, join in following my example and note those who walk. As, 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 uh, as you, have, uh, you have us for a for pattern. For many walk of whom I have told, told you often. And now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly. They walk in conformity. They walk conform to the world. They continually walk conform to the world. We see his desire for us is not to walk conform to the world in any regard. He says their God is their belly. Our God ought not ever be our belly. Our God not ever be our flesh, if you will whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. Hear this part? Set their mind on earthly things. What is our purpose? To worship God, right, in spirit and in truth. So we have a different, a different, uh, a different uh, mindset, a different way of thinking about things. So for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body. According to the working by which he is, uh, he is the even the uh, excuse me, he is able even to su- to subtle, uh, subdue rather subdue all things to himself. Now if we're looking at this transformation. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. The transformation happens for us as this: we'll transform our lowly body, transform our lowly body, and conform it to His glorious. That's a big difference right there. If we're going to conform to anybody, who do we conform to? We're conforming to the Spirit of God. We're conforming to God himself. We're conforming to Jesus, the Son of Righteousness. We conform that way. So we're not going to ever conform to the world. Conformity leads to destruction. Conformity of this world is something that, that any, of us have, uh, any of us that are involved in the things of Christ ought not really ever do. Because, again, it's nothing that's going to keep us going in a good direction. It's always going to cause us to go in a bad direction. So conformity uh, leads to destruction. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. And we'll look at verse number number 1. And 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to read verse number 1. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that they may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, by, but chosen by God and precious, you also as living stones be, are being built up a spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now that one passage scripture right there, I'm going to run through this quickly because we don't have very much time. But what's going on from conformity... To now transformation. As we are babes, we desire milk that we may grow. What is growing, what is growing really doing for our lives? What is, what is growing really doing for our lives? It's helping us be constructed to the place that God wants us to be. He even talks about construction here a little bit. Uh, coming to him, verse number, number four there. Coming to him as living a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God as, a precious, as precious, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house. And being built up a spiritual house is the element of, of transformation leading to construction of our lives. You see, our lives need to be built up around the things of God. They ought to be built up the way God would have intended us to be built up in our most holy faith. We're built up in the area of our righteousness. We're built up in the area of our love. We're built up in the area of our joy. And we're built up in the area of our peace. We're built up in these areas of our lives like a construction project. What construction construction workers do, they take an idea, a blueprint, and they turn it into reality. They take a building, a piece of land like this, and they take it and put walls up. They construct they build an edifice, they build a church, and then they come and make it even look prettier than it. Listen, it looks better on paper and then in reality. On paper and in reality. If you look at the buildings that you drive around the area that you see right now, you will try to figure out how in the world these buildings get built. These buildings were constructed by somebody. Somebody had to have a mind to be able to identify what they saw in their natural mind, they saw something, they put it on paper, and then they put it together to build it. Now, there's a lot more to it than that, of course, but what, God, what is God doing with us? He's constructing us. You see, transformation leads to construction in a bigger way, because, we see, God didn't desire us to stay in the same place he wants to stay in. If he said, don't do something, then he says, do this. He said, don't do this. Don't be conformed. Be transformed. So the transformation is happening to in our lives, we for the kingdom of God. As we're constructed for the kingdom of God, we're here for his use at that point. What is this use of this building for? It's being constructed to be utilized as a warehouse. It's been, watch this, it's being repurposed to be used as a church. Watch this. God constructs us and then purposes us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He constructs us and purposes us to be used for his glory. He did not stop with just constructing us, you see. He just, just, just doesn't build us and just sits us out there. <laughs> Some people like to think that, well, well isn't God going to do something with my life? He made me this way. This is how I am, and this is how I'm going to be, and this is how I'm going to operate my life. No, no, no. Be transformed by the renewing. So you're being changed as you're moving, not standing still. You're being changed as you're moving in the things of God, as you're walking by faith. You're being changed. And so as we're being changed, as we're moving with God, we, we can see ourselves, see ourselves as a construction piece. The, the piece that God has created here in the earth, the, the earth that we walk around in, is for his glory. It's not for our own personal glory at all. So we see ourselves being transformed, which leads to construction. Go to 2 Timothy chapter, chapter, 2 Timothy chapter <laughs> 3. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm running through this quickly. We're good. We're good. We're good. That clock's right, huh? That clock is right. Three sixteen. Okay. Renewal. I'm going to give you the give you the message here. Renewal comes from instruction. So conformity leads to destruction. Transformation leads to construction. Renewal comes from instruction. All scripture. Uh, Three sixteen. Second Timothy 3, 316. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That watch this, that the man that the man of God may be complete, may be complete. Now, the man of God that's complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The man of God that's complete is a man of God that is functioning in excellence. The man of God who is functioning in excellence, the man of God who understands that he ought not be uh, conforming to this world, is a man that's understanding or pursuing excellence. The man of God that is transformed by the renewing of his mind, transformed, is a man of God that is pursuing excellence. The man of God that is renewed in the attitude of his mind is a man that takes renewal seriously and is looking for excellence. We're not looking for just to to exist in this world. We're looking to get to a place where God wants us to be and not any place less than that. Not any place less less than that. I'm rushing a little bit because we've got to get through, guys. You know, we have. Oh, my God. Thank you, Lord. Anyhow, we're going to come on through. uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 1. And lastly, is this proof. The word proof. This is what I was having problems with, right? But proof validates. I'm going to say this word out to you because you might not have, might have heard it before. But proof validates co-production. Do you know that we work with God yeah. and he works with us? We're co-laborers with God, co-creators with God as well. Here in the earth, in the earth realm, we are co-producers with God. And look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 1. It says, we then as workers together with him, him being God, also plead with you, not to receive the grace of God in vain. Don't, don't get too, don't, don't get too, don't get too uh, high-minded about this thing. Realize that because you're co, co, co-producer with God, uh, you can't take any more credit than he gives you. Co-producer with God indicates that we just can't get to the place where we are, say, well, God, I don't need you on this part of the deal. You see, when God starts a co-production with us, he stays a whole course. Bruce, Bruce talks about Bruce talked about covenant when the covenant started he doesn't listen he doesn't give up on his part of the covenant yeah, yeah. and we don't take the covenant and say well God you know I understand the covenant well enough where well, I don't need you in the covenant anymore so I'll just go ahead and do this thing myself no it doesn't work like that you see in covenant is a partnership a partnership that goes beyond just just a, a natural handshake but it goes you see, listen blood has been shed for this covenant yeah, this yeah. is a covenant of blood so see it, verse, verse number two says. For he says in an acceptable time, I have heard you. In the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We give no offense to any, anything that our ministry may not be blamed. But in all things, we commend ourselves as ministers of God in, in, in much patience. Huh, huh, come on now. Much patience in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, Imprisonment, in turmoil, in labors, in sleeplessness. <sighs> in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by listen, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. By honor and dishonor, by evil report, by good report, by, as deceivers and yet not true, as unknown yet, not, yet well known, as dying and, and, be, and behold we live, as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing all things. Now, you look at that and go like, you know, I don't want to sign up for that kind of deal. That's not the kind of deal I want to sign up for because you me starts off with, okay, uh, but in all things we commend ourselves, commend, commend ourselves as ministers because of these wonderful reasons right here in patience and tribulations. How many want to sign up for the tribulation program? In needs and distresses. I mean, we're signing up for all this stuff. We didn't listen. If we had to sign up ourselves for this kind of stuff, we wouldn't do it by ourselves. We couldn't do it. So we co-produce with God, knowing that all these things are going to be part of the package. And we co-produce with God, knowing that things are going to get done because we've got to, listen. We've got a partner in the program, that the partner in life that's going to help us get to the to the victory side in all things. The last thing it says here. The last thing it says, as having nothing yet possessing all things. Now, if that, watch it. Stop that clock. Stop it. Stop it. I got to finish. I got to finish. I got to finish. Yet possessing all things. We're pursuing unbridled excellence. In the area of pursuing unbridled excellence, we'll have to go through everything to get there. I mean, you've got to fight every fight that's fightable. Every demon that tries to come our direction, we have to win and beat them at their own game. Listen, every situation that comes up, there's nothing that can stop us from getting to the place called excellence in God. Nothing. Unless we choose to back up and settle and conform to the image of this world. That's where we start off. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And as you prove it, you get to the place where you know that you're a co-producer with God. You're not in this thing by yourself. You don't have to think in terms of saying, well, you know, if, if I'm not going to be conformed to this world and I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind, oh, my God, that's a good thing. But, but I, I can't really do this by myself. You don't have to. That's right. You don't have to. because Watch this. If we had to prove it without being co producers with God, if we had to prove it being on our own without God, we could not prove it. Right. 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 Not for the kingdom's sake. We'd prove it that the world has got us by the tail we prove it that conformity is the thing that really does have us. Because if we're in our natural selves, if we're in our flesh, if we're in our unsaved, if, we, if we're unsaved, not living saved, and living in a whole different kind of way, we would prove it completely by saying we're, we have conformed to the world, and we've definitely not renewed our mind. We've definitely not been transformed. So therefore, we cannot ever co-produce with God. But because we have been transformed by the renewing of our minds, because we've done that. We can now co-produce with God. We can co-produce with God in the things that He desires for us to co-produce in. I'm not listen. I'm not listen. A co-producer is a person that has a film that they want to do. They partner with somebody else and they say, you know what? You and I have some ideas that we can collaborate on together, and let's co-produce this together. Let's write out the script. Let's tell people what it looks like. Let's get this thing done effectively. We co-produce. We make it happen together, and we don't we don't bail out the program. I don't get my credits to me. And at the end of the film comes up, at the end of the film, it says producer. doesn't say producer, it says co-producer, 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 and we don't say producer, we say co-producer, so at the end of our lives, we can't say that we produce anything, except what we produce with God, what we produce with God, let's close it out, Father, we thank you this morning for another word that you've given us, a time that we've had a chance to worship and honor you, God, you're taking us to new heights in you. You're taking us to realms that we've never been to before, God. We want to experience, Father, more and more and more of you. We want to experience more of what you desire for our lives. We want to experience, Father, the the ways that are of the kingdom. We want to experience ways that are going to help us to not conform to this world. We want to experience ways that are going to help us be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We want to help us experience, Father, producing uh, fruit, Father, that uh, is able to prove the fact that we are co-producers with you. We have no other plans, Father, in our lives but to please you. And so whatever that happens, to it, however that happens to work out, let us please you in all that we do and say, Father, I pray now in Jesus' name for the people under the sound of my voice that we would take our lives more seriously. The lives, that you, the lives that you've given us are as a gift. You've given us a gift, Father. You've given us a gift. You've given us a gift. You've given us a gift. Us a gift. And we want this gift to be ble- a blessing to you and to the people that you put us in contact with, the people you put in our pathway, Father. We give you all the praise in the name of Jesus. Say, this, say Father God, Amen. that I'm a co-producer with you. Father, I thank you now that I'm transforming by the renewing of my mind. Father, I thank you now. I refuse to conform to this world. I give you praise now in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Amen. Praise his name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah.